Shout out to Cosmic Llama and Good Vibe. High Mystery. So you and your significant other are having a very lovely dinner in Studio City, California. Oh, I like that place. Right? You have a good dinner uh, at Vitello's, I think, on uh, on uh, Ventura. So trendy. Yeah, it's it's upscale. It's ritzy. You know, you have uh, you get the dessert dessert because you have to. Yeah, it's is it a night out or is it a night out? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, you go back to the car and oh, your significant other left his gun in the restaurant. What? <laughs> and wouldn't you know it? You died before he gets back. What? Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on this. I know where you're going. This is High Mystery, the podcast. I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. This is a podcast where we smoke weed and we talk about mysteries. And, uh, you know, that's just to whet your appetite for the mystery. You're coming. Boom. I think I'm familiar with this yeah. one we're doing today. And um, uh, if you're watching the Twitch, you're not already super high. We have moved things around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're changing it up today. We did what we like to call a studio zhuzh. Uh, yeah, we zhuzhed it right up for you know the new year. We uh, we like to get started on that early. Preemptive. Pre, yeah, yeah. yeah. As a little known fact, the word zhuzh did not exist before the original Queer Eye, and then Carson Kressley used the word zhuzh. Oh. On Queer Eye. Shout out to Carson Kressley. Now it's in the dictionary. Oh. Miriam West Webster's uh, officially recognized. It's, I think it's S-J-O-U-S-Z-E. I how mean, you spell wow. if nothing else, what a great legacy to leave. Seriously, you know? like that will exist in English as long as English exists. So. Oh, man. We just got, I'm, you know, that's kind of like a little uh, goal of mine is to create a word. <laughs> And so, yeah, I know what you mean. When you're frangling, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want to be frangling on a Saturday night? <laughs> uh, so yeah, today I brought in some weed. We'll just gloss it. Yeah, yeah I don't have I don't have a word. Right? I, I want to like, create your test. Test. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I don't want to workshop a couple. Yeah, of I don't want to like just throw like some dumb one out and then be like, oh, I really hate that one. And then what am I going to define it as? Um, <laughs> whereas, whereas I'm like, I'll just throw out a really dumb one. Maybe it'll catch on. How funny would it be if Franklin became like a huge right. word? Right? <laughs> Rob's like submitted like ten words trying to get him in, and Franklin's the new thing. Hey, I mean, if I could be here for the creation of it, that's all that really matters. Okay. I just imagine you make up a word, and then someone's like, oh, no, that exists, and it's hella racist. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, God, yeah. Franklin's, like, actually some small tribe in right? Africa or something. <laughs> God, that would be horrible. It's just a, a little baby Ferengi from Star Trek. Oh, okay. It's a Franklin. Oh, yeah. oh, come in here, little Franklin. I guess I only said it positively, too, though, so, yeah. You know. <laughs> it's not like you don't want to be frangling. Uh, no, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know when you're out frangling with your friends. <laughs> Did we just make this a word, you guys? Is it happening? <laughs> uh, so today I have a blunt packed with some indica by Lime. As one does when you're frangling. Yeah, <laughs> when you're out frangling with your friends. Uh, it is, I, I think it's motor breath. Motor breath. I mean, it got it got cut off uh, by the by the cap, so it's really motor breath. 
Okay. Motor brie. Um, that's the that's the wheel of cheese that you cooked on the back of your tailpipe is a motor brie. Yeah. <laughs> Very Harvey. Right? And that would be the word that I'm uh, ascribed to now. Yeah. Motor brie. First used. Uh, it's got 25.84% THC, and it is rolled in this uh, high hemp wrap, uh, flavorless high hemp wrap. Flavorless. For the man who doesn't like flavor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you want to taste all the weed. Yeah, and, uh, I want to taste all the motor breed. Uh, that's how you get Franklin with it. Mm, is that warm, nutty brie? <laughs> <laughs> I am still smoking the same uh, salad from last week, but I will run it down real quick. Cypress Cannabis Big Smooth, 26.13% THC. Humboldt Farms Mimosa, 23.4% THC. THC Design 24K, 30.82% THC. Pacific Stone Forbidden Fruit, 9.89% THC. West Coast Cure, Cypress OG, 26.4% THC. Alien Lab, Shrabasio, 22.55% THC. And The Farmer and the Felon, Animal Men's, 21.25% THC. Boom. <laughs> Bravo. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I got my trusty Bolski here. Bolski. And inside that, there's a salad of two. So. A salad of two. Yeah. <laughs> a salad can be two things, right? Sure. I mean, <laughs> a coupling. Yeah. I feel yeah. like a all pairing, you, if yeah. you will. Yeah, like vinegar and arugula. I've had that as a salad at a restaurant plenty of times. Mm -hmm. All right. So yeah. this is one of those. Okay. <laughs> it's got Tall Tree Society in it, which uh, the act that's the like the brand and the yeah. actual strain is lava cake. Mm. And it's got uh, 22.3% THC and 4.8% other. I don't know what that means. I, so we're just From other cannabinoids like THCA and stuff sure. like that probably. Yeah, we've talked about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then it's got that Henry's from Mendocino County. And that is a lemon jack, which is a sativa. And the THC is... 2148. Mm. Okay. And yeah, I'm smoking it out of my silicone bowl. I have not had a name for this yet, which is sad because I've had him for so long. But looking at him now, I'm going to say maybe B Pipey Combs. <laughs> okay. B Pipey Combs. Yeah, it's got a B on it. It's got some comey type shapes and Definitely. uh you know referencing the p dids b, yeah. b pipey combs b pipey combs <laughs> all right he was referenced in our first mystery ever on this podcast b pipey well sean p diddy comes <laughs> the p dids yeah yeah b pipey's new to the podcast. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right because i was at the time smoking a lot more blunts because you know i was i had the Things were accessible. <laughs> it's able to happen for me. Weed was cheaper. You know, it was easier to come by. In the heydays of NoHo's finest. Right. Rent, uh, rent was cheaper. Uh, those were the times. Two years ago. Those were the days. So today I brought in a mystery uh, that you may know. I may. I like to know it's familiar where it's weird where like... Something where somebody like had a gun, but <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Like their alibi know? was going back for a gun, and it's like, how is that your alibi? <laughs> anyway, did yes. you say this was in Studio City? Studio City, California. Okay, then I do Los know Angeles, this one. Hollywood. I okay. do know this one because I've been to that restaurant and I've heard the story. Yes, All right, I well, too have been to this restaurant. 
I'm fuzzy as can be, so yeah. restore my memory. Well, this is the murder of Bonnie Lee Bakley. Okay. Uh, Bonnie Lee Bakley was born in Morristown, New Jersey on June 7th, 1956. Uh, Bakley dropped out of high school at the age of 16 in order to move to New York to pursue a career in modeling and acting at Barbizon School of Modeling. She did it at 16, you at said? At 16. That's impressive. How right? did she emancipate or is it just... She a, just ran away, I assume. It's yeah. 56 or whatever, so... Yeah, well, it's well, 69. 70, 71, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Math. I didn't actually hear what her age was right. at the time. Or wait, she was 1956 born. Yes. And she moved at 16. At 16. So in 1972. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Assuming this was after her birthday, I don't know, mid-year, who knows. Still pretty crazy, like a 16-year-old <clears throat> moving to New York at any time period. It's, it's like, whoa. Yeah. But on the bright side, something to think about whenever we have these, like, missing persons, you know, and they just, like, straight up go and disappear, maybe they just went and start, you know, I'm going to go start a modeling career, or I'm going to go just... Start a new life or whatever. Yeah, yeah, let's hope that that's what's going on. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, it sounds like she might be a murder. Yeah, so <laughs> not yeah she's, not, she's not missing. <laughs> well, during this time, she met a man named Evangelos Palakis. Yeah, Evangelos Palakis. Was uh -oh. he an even? Evangelical? What is that word? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, just a guy named Evangelos. Evangelos. And he wasn't uh, preaching the word of God, is what you're saying. No. Okay. No. That's why I was saying. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, he's not an evangelical. I don't, Christian. he might be. Uh, it certainly wasn't what he was known for. Okay. <laughs> uh, Evangelos Palakis needed to get married in order to stay in the United States. Mm, 90 day fiance type of situation. Exactly. Oh. Bakley agreed to marry him for a price. They were married in 1971. And immediately divorced that same year, prompting Palakis to be deported. Yeah, I think you have to wait, at least wait like five years or something like that. You can't do it before yeah. you get that divorce. All she wanted was the money, you know. Well, I'm saying for him to like have successfully transacted yeah. the green card type of situation. I think yeah, it doesn't like, happen overnight for sure. Two to five years, I want to say. For sure. Uh. Six years later, at the age of 21, Bakley married her first cousin, oh. Paul Gowron. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were married for five years, from 1977 to their divorce in 1982, having two children together. I guess the laws that we know today weren't current then, because you. I feel like it's been, well... Like, you just can't marry your cousin. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Were these children, like, children of the corn-esque? Yeah, did they, like, lure people into cornfields and, like, <laughs> kill them and stuff? Be honest, Rob. Be honest. <laughs> I didn't go down that side, Mr. Tell us okay. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> On part two of... Did um, these kids turn out to be those uh, feral children that were found uh, at some point? <laughs> I assume they went on to live very normal, healthy lives. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Bakley's acting and modeling career was never successful. Oh. And in order to support herself, she began a mail-order business 
selling nude pictures of herself and other women to men. Well, yeah. I used to say that's not right. successful. Yeah. Right? She seemed to make a go of it. I mean, if she was alive in the day of the <laughs> internet, she would be making a killing. It's sure. way easier than male snail mail and stuff. <clears throat> well, she would also run uh, a Lonely Hearts ad in magazines asking for male companionship, asking for money for rent or travel expenses. Yeah, so she's a sex worker. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a late 80s uh, sex worker. This is what they did at that time. Sure. Uh, in between her businesses and her scams, Bakley was able scams. to... Scams? I mean, scams? these Lonely Hearts ads, you know, she would ask for money from these, you know, people that think they're going to be in a relationship with her. Yeah, this is She gets school. the money and then doesn't talk to him again. Old or, school catfishing. Yeah. Okay. You know? I thought it was more just like straight up like paid for temporary companionship. I think it very well could be some of that, but also... Not that. <laughs> I just wanted to make it clear yeah. that sex work is not scam. Oh, no, 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 So I just wanted to understand my... No, uh, yeah, yeah. That, but that's the general gist of those Lonely Hearts Club, or Lonely Hearts ads. Okay, so it's, like, she would just put a bunch of underwear on a dog and then sell them. <laughs> she was wearing them or whatever. Like, she would get into a pen pal situation and be like, oh, I'd love to visit you, you just have to pay for my plane ticket. They get the money, and then they just, like, stop talking to I them. See. Or be yeah. like... Oh, I was unable to get the plane ticket for this, that, and the other reason. Mm -hmm. I need a little bit more money. And okay, so, that yeah. that is the scam. Yeah, yeah. pre-internet catfishing. Yeah. Uh, in, so she was able to afford several houses in Memphis and a house outside of Los okay, Angeles. She was successful. Good. Yeah, very she was, successful. She was a hustler for sure. Sure. She had excellent penmanship. She could write a letter <laughs> that would just. Tiddly. <laughs> yeah, right. she wrote one letter and then photocopied it. She just like <laughs> sent out the system to each guy. <laughs> so like we said, these businesses were less than legal. And because of that, Bakley was arrested several times. Okay. In 1989, she was arrested in Memphis for drug possession and fined $300. I'm sure it doesn't specify the drug. No. I wish it did because that to me makes a huge difference. Agreed. Sure. Especially at this time, they could just call that for weed, and we know. Yeah. You know, that's basically getting arrested for a leave. Sure. <laughs> uh, in Actually, less lethal, sorry. <laughs> it's true. In 1995, she was arrested for attempting to pass two bad checks. Uh, she was fined $1,000 and was sentenced to work on a penal farm on the weekends. Mm. Penal farm. Penal farm. Where you exercise your penal gland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be fine. Right? <laughs> now, if they were harvesting, like, your penal Oh, that's a that's penal a farm, yeah. That's, that's a different state. Yeah. people. <laughs> in 1998, she was arrested in Little Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas, for possessing five driver's licenses and seven social security cards with different names. Wow. Um, she graduated. Yeah, she used these in order to open post office boxes for her Lonely Hearts scam. During this time, she would go on to marry Robert Moon in 1984 and divorcing him three years later in 1987 and marrying and subsequently annulling within the same year DeMart C. Beasley in 1988, Joseph Brookshire in 1992, 
William Weber in 1993, E. Robert Tellefson in 1994, and Glenn H. Wolf in 1995. The girl just likes some wedding cake. And <laughs> yeah. the only way you can get wedding cake is you got to get married. <laughs> that's what they tell you at the cake shop <laughs> oh wait are you getting married that's the only way I can sell you this cake hit the bricks kid we know you scam <laughs> so Bakley had a history of celebrity obsession and was determined to marry a celebrity in 1990 she moved to, moved to Memphis in order to pursue a relationship with Jerry Lee Lewis. So, what? Just to recap, sure. this, this is what? She's six marriages and divorces? Something like that. A ridiculous amount of marriages and divorces. Or annulments. Or annulments. But, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I know the final tally. So okay. I will. She hasn't finished her marrying, divorcing For sure. spree. Um, She's so good at it. Why <laughs> stop now? Yeah. <laughs> Rob, don't forget to smoke that blunt. I'm worried about you. <laughs> so she would eventually meet Jerry Lee Lewis, and they became friends with... Wait. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis? Yeah. As in, hey, lady. No. Not Jerry Lewis? Not Jerry Lewis. Jerry okay. Lee Lewis is, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, I'm in. Part of the Million Dollar Quartet. All right, that makes more sense that he was in Memphis. Yes. So she's moving to Memphis thinking, all right, everybody who's famous lives in Memphis, Tennessee. (laughs) I mean, she already has several houses out there. Okay, all right, okay, gotcha. So she already had a reason to go to Memphis anyway. And she just happens to see him there, or is she going to Memphis? She's trying to pursue this guy. Okay. Yeah, this was her MO. So... Uh, yeah, she became friends with Jerry Lee Lewis's sister, uh, Linda Gale Lewis. And in 1993, Bakley claimed her daughter, Jerry with an I, Lee, was singer Jerry Lee's daughter. Oh. So she's like, I have this baby, it's with Jerry Lee Lewis, and that's why I named the daughter Jerry Lee. Yeah, even though they're just meeting now for the first time. <laughs> no, I, I imagine... I imagine she, they had to have boned at one point. <laughs> I mean, you don't just... That's ballsy. That's really ballsy to, to claim name that. your child. Right. <laughs> to give them the name for life. Right. Just for a scam. That's pretty intense. Uh, DNA tests revealed that was not the case. Of course. Shucker. <laughs> Bakley eventually moved to California, leaving her daughter, Jerry Lee, to be raised by her ex-husband, Paul. Okay. So, yeah, she was like, oh, you're not Jerry Lee's uh, daughter? You're uh, useless to me. Yeah, you stay with the the guy that actually bore you, and uh, I'll get the fuck on. Wow. So, okay. while in California, Bakley pursued relationships with Dean Martin, Frankie Valli, and Gary hey, Busey. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey. Yeah, it's what? a real... Drop off after D. Frankie Valley. I don't know if I can trust you. You coming over here for Frankie Valley's house and shit? <laughs> that's my Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's somebody. <laughs> In 1991, Bakley pursued a relationship with 
Christian Brando. I just realized I was doing Nick Nolte. Yeah, that's what I was. I was like, I know who he's doing. Gary Busey's more like that kind of strange, crazy energy. You gotta show your teeth. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was definitely doing Nick Nolte before. Sorry, sometimes the the wires get crossed. He also does a lot of uh, Nolte stands for no original life talent, etc. You know, where he tries to uh, acronyms. Everything. Okay. Gary Busey does? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. he does that shit all, right. all the time. <laughs> um, I mainly remember him for Black Sheep. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> when he's not acting, he's he's anachronizing. I mean, am I remembering <laughs> this, or did something happen to him at some point? He did. Or then get he got into extra a, crazy. He got into a motorcycle yeah. accident. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it... <laughs> It was brutal. I don't think he was wearing a helmet, and yeah, it's definitely. It was like right out of the dealership too, if I remember the story. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It was certainly uh, early in his career, you know, after he was nominated for an Academy Award. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And then he got Crazy. like a metal plate in his head or something like that. I don't know. We yeah. love you. We love you. <laughs> Busey, you You're... might actually be. Uh, one of the few celebrities that we could get right now. So, <laughs> hey, Busey, you know, we'd love to have you on. I mean, I feel like us. he would bring some real interesting shit to the oh, table. God, oh, my God. Yes. I mean, that would... Oh, I don't yeah. even know if we would be able to do a mystery with Busey in the house. Just he would just talk. talk. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Ask him if he knows about any mysteries that he'd like to share with us. And I'm sure we've got two hours oh, right yeah. there. Oh, God. Busey. <laughs> Colin Busey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you know Busey, hey, get him on. Yeah. Don't don't let him hear this episode. Uh, Any other episode. <laughs> why? Be flattered. Sure, okay. We love you, Busey. Impersonation's the most serious form of flattery. That's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> of Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it yeah, out. We got it. I we figured it. it out. <laughs> so... <laughs> In 1991, she pursued a relationship with Christian Brando, which was the eldest son of Marlon Brando. The two were dating during Christian Brando's trial for the murder of his half-sister's boyfriend. Christian pleaded guilty of voluntary manslaughter and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Wow. Dang, so how did he, like, accidentally killed somebody? Involuntary manslaughter. So what? That's like, what he somebody over. Like what happened? I need more. Well, what? What? I mean, <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to give you the play by play, but essentially, the case against him was that he murdered this his sister's boyfriend. Oh wow! Because what? What are they presenting his motive as? Uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, maybe oh, okay. maybe the sure. bo- sister's boyfriend was an abusive person. Maybe they just didn't like him. Maybe they he cheated on her. I don't know. You know but uh, for whatever reason, they think that Christian Brando murdered this, uh, this guy. And he was like, hey, no, I'll plead to I meant to do him harm, but I didn't mean to kill him for a lesser sentence. And they were like, like oh. I didn't know one punch to the face was going to kill the guy. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, let, I beat him and I thought he was going to get up and walk away. Turns out he died that night. Who knows? I guess you can't use a lead pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to shoot him in a non-vital organ. Look, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call in the business a whoopsie-daisy. Wow. I was going to shoot him in the leg. How was I supposed to know? I had really good aim at the artery. <laughs> <laughs> 
so Bakley and him began an on and off relationship uh, when he was released in 1996. However, she would go on to marry John Ray in 1996 and divorcing him in 1998. In 1999, Bakley became pregnant with her fourth ch child, believing it to be Brando's, and gave, <laughs> and gave birth to a daughter, Christian Shannon Brando, oh, in June 2000. <laughs> so while having a relationship with Brando, Bakley was beginning a relationship with actor Robert Blake. Uh, everybody's ears perked up when they heard the name Robert, Robert Blake, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> whom she met at a jazz club in 1999. After the birth of her fourth child, she told Robert Blake that the child might be his. A paternity test later confirmed that Christian Shannon, uh, Christian Shannon Brando, was actually Robert Blake's daughter and not Brando's. Bakley later changed the name of her daughter to Rose Lenore Sophia Blake. Blake agreed to marry Bakley under the agreement that she sign a temporary custody agreement. Under the agreement, Bakley would have monitored visits with Rose. Bakley would have to get written permission in order to have friends over to the Blake residence Whoa. and a stipulation that if either spouse decided to end the relationship, the other spouse would retain custody of Rose. So if so ending the relationship was giving up your child, essentially. Yes. Which she's done more than once. Right. I assume, I assume. she's definitely done it once. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I also with, assume she's not like traveling around with these like three other kids. Right? No. Like, I assume. Um, all of them? <laughs> I assume, but I could be wrong. She, she could bring a kid to a relationship, I guess, that for it's, all we know. It is possible. Yeah. Wow. That's such a crazy... <laughs> I can't imagine getting married and, like, being like, okay, look, first we need to go over this ridiculous contract. Sure. I mean, prenups are definitely not that rare these days. And, yeah. um, you if know, was, if I'm going to marry somebody who's been married nine times yeah. or you know like is known it for was nine times by this point damn that's an impressive number of times you know it's like all right if i'm gonna be number 10 let me cover my ass <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> yeah especially fair. if you're robert blake who has millions upon millions of dollars yeah fair deuce i yeah. guess i don't know i just and um, and i don't know how long that these two knew each other it seemed like this woman showed up in his life they start having a sexual relationship. You know, she's essentially a side piece to Robert Blake. Sure. She gets pregnant and all, and all of a and sudden it's, it's like... confirmed it's his. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah. hold on. I don't really know you. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's set a lot of boundaries to this and then maybe we can renegotiate terms. So it's not too crazy because she signed the agreement on October 4th, 2000. And the two were married the next month in November. Though they were married, the two never lived together. Instead, 
Bakley lived in Blake's guest house in Studio City. And she still can't have friends over unless she, like, lets him know? I, I assume so, yeah. It's like, bro, they're not even in your house. Yeah, but yeah. They, who knows what they could steal from the guest house. <laughs> uh, Take all the good shit out of the guest house. Yeah, right? He's got all his Beretta collectibles in yeah, there. Right? <laughs> uh, Blake was always suspicious of Bakley and hired a private investigator to spy on her. The investigator found out that Bakley was still operating her Lonely Hearts scam during their marriage. Before her death, Bakley was married 10 times, one of which only lasting a day. I mean, you know, I feel like that Britney Spears did that, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I'm just she saying was, it happened. <laughs> she was married for like four and a half hours, I think. Sure. So there's, there was some crazy short like wedding to annulment like that with somebody. Uh, yeah, I think they got in knowing that it was going to be, because like, I think it was like her friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like her friend from high school, and she was like, all right, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> let's just do it on a whim you, you say like, you want to oh, be married no. by the time you're 30 let's get married real quick what a crazy turnaround <laughs> <laughs> what what did he say <laughs> wow so uh oddly enough her eighth husband glenn wolf holds the record for the largest number of monogamous marriages and oh i think i read about this dude yeah, I don't. Some crazy amount. <laughs> I don't have the number. Like, he likes to get married <laughs> even more than she does? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was, uh, well, I don't have that number. I guess Colin's going to pull it up. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't write it down because I told Colin in the moment because I was like, let me see how many His name's Glenn Wolf. Yeah. Uh, he was a, Brit, a Baptist minister who resided in Blythe, California. Here's the thing, guys. I'm sorry to say this. But if I'm going to wedding number 10 plus, <laughs> the wedding gift is not going to be that great. Yeah. No. Uh, so if you're doing it for the wedding gifts, <laughs> after 10, come on. Yeah, at nine, I'm just giving you a card. <laughs> he was famous for holding the record at 29 monogamous 29. marriages. It's insane. Yeah, that's quite a few. So basically, they were both like... Hey, you get married a lot. I get married a lot. We should just do this. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be a religious thing, too. I don't know. I would think, I don't know. I mean, to me, getting divorced is not good in most Unless you're a Satanist. Uh, yeah, maybe. They, I don't know yeah. how that how Maybe it pleases the Dark Lord to watch relationships crumble. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that if, like, if you're a Lutheran or something like that, they believe in uh in divorce, like I think in general, nobody's like, yeah, I get divorced. Well, nobody's like that. But <laughs> one is like a sin, and the other one is like, no, we're good with that. Basically, Catholicism would not give you a divorce if they could do anything about sure. it. Sure. And Lutherans were like, hey, we need to like not do some of the things that Catholics are doing. Sure. And then everybody else trickles down from there. But the same like scorn for somebody who's divorced, the same like tarnished reputation for somebody's divorce is very present in like all religious communities in my personal experience. Sure, I mean that you'll never get rid of the stank eye for getting a divorce. Exactly, which is fucked up. Yeah, no, I couldn't care less, but right, you know, like a lot I'm of times, an atheist. Come to atheism. <laughs> we're well, we're good. We're a lot of friendly. times people are better once they are divorced than they oh, were sure. together. So like yeah. yeah. But you know. Figure out what's like best for your mental health. Yeah. Like, taking care of your mental health will 
just spread out into like everyone else taking care of their mental health and yeah for sure you got to do you that's yeah. number one for sure and mending is better than ending try and work on it see if, you know if you can make it work and right. if not if all the avenues have been uh, traveled then yeah go down that road of divorce and i hope the best for you mm-hmm. yeah yeah. On this very special episode of <laughs> Try to work. Yeah. Back through love, not fear. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways to define relationships now, too. Like, maybe a marriage is different in one sure. setting than it is in another. Yeah. I was just thinking of that episode of The Unicorn we were watching recently. Mm. Written by our good friend of the podcast, Jimmy yeah. Polito. Look out for her episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's on the Netflix, no, Hulu, you can watch on Hulu. CBS All Access. I and CBS in general, but I, like we watch it on Hulu. CBS All Access. Okay, and then, uh, what was I going to say about it? Oh yeah, one of the characters on there, she's divorced, but her husband has to live in the garage because they just can't couldn't afford it otherwise. Sure, yeah. So, like, you know, and it works. Yeah, they <laughs> make it work. Works. Yeah. <laughs> well, just because you don't want to be in a marriage with that person doesn't mean you necessarily hate them and want them to like be homeless and suffer or whatever exactly you know, so. for sure and like if you have kids together and stuff like you probably need to be pretty good friends yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, you know whatever that means sure. anyway <laughs> let's get to this grizzly murder right. so yeah uh, <laughs> i was just trying to make it a really special episode of uh, high mystery <laughs> on a very special <laughs> episode of high mystery so on may 4th 2001 Blake and Bakley were out to dinner at Vitello's restaurant on Tahunga. It's an Italian restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Is Vitello still there? Do you know? Yeah, it's still there. It's It's got the... Um, I mean, I don't know about post-COVID, but it's definitely was sure. there before that. I've certainly had it. You know it's Italian because Vitello's is written on uh, the country Italy, <laughs> on the cutout of Italy. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how you know it's legit. And inside, I feel like it's classic restaurant yeah. booths. You know, yeah, it's booths, You yeah. got the tablecloths. It's, it's very old up. Hollywood. Yeah. They've got, like, uh, one of the one of the guys we did improv with, uh, Brian... Um, Robo? No. No. O'Connell? No. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> searching your... Guest? No. Ka- Cashin? Brian oh, Cashin? Yeah, Brian yeah. Cashin. Yeah, he uh, yeah, a man. he worked there. <laughs> His <laughs> picture was up on the wall. Uh, oh, headshot. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. So, <laughs> so we know somebody who yeah, worked there. One look, time. look out for Brian. <laughs> it's, it's it's still there. I knew. Yeah. I looked it up real quick. I know it's fancy because it's closed today. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, fancy restaurants go ahead and close on Mondays. <laughs> Not high mystery. We're here for you every day. That's right, baby. <laughs> wow. Except yeah. for last Monday. Yeah, except for the times. That <laughs> yeah. For sure. And the Monday, two Mondays before that. <laughs> so, after their meal. Bakley and Blake went back to their car, parked around the corner from the restaurant. Blake reportedly forgot his pistol he had carelessly left back at the restaurant. You shoot? Yeah. No, I just... You gotta grab that pistol. Yeah. This is something we've all been through. It's a family heirloom. <laughs> it's something we've all been through. Who, who hasn't forgotten their pistol on You know, the you're table? showing it around, you're passing it around, you let the <laughs> server, you know, hold it. 
you, you're letting people take pictures with their babies. Holding yeah. it, you, know, you, know. you drop it in the soup. It's, <laughs> it happens. We endorse gun safety in <laughs> all situations. <laughs> so he walked back into the restaurant to grab it. When Blake returned to his car with his gun, his wife was dead with two gunshot wounds. The and gun's like, oh, someone stole two bullets from my gun. <laughs> Put them in my wife's chest. <laughs> the gun Blake had left at the restaurant, the gun he had on his person at the time of the murder, was determined not to be the murder weapon. How? How did they know? Instead, the gun used to kill Bakley was recovered from a nearby dumpster. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... Maybe that's the, that's the, you just have two guns. And, yeah. You know, why, would, why is this guy going to carry two guns? He's got one gun on him. He clearly wouldn't need another gun. <laughs> I mean. I, I left my other gun back at the restaurant. You know, the one I called decoy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the any, one I my alibi. <laughs> any movie where you've watched a detective strip down, you know there's more than one gun. Yeah, you got your ankle pistol. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> Maybe two on your on your yeah. your breast, you know, whatever they call that. And the quick draws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got the John McClane tape to your back style. Yeah, yeah. Right? who knows? I mean, <laughs> sawed off shotgun in your anus. <laughs> <laughs> At any given time, any cop could be holding 74 guns. <laughs> so they it, fingerprinted this gun. Yeah, yeah, at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. Fingerprints. What, what year? Sorry, this was two thousand one. Two thousand one. They're so definitely that, fingerprints. Yeah, there's got to be also like video surveillance. Like they don't have cameras mm-hmm. up around this place. Mm-hmm. This is right before September 11th, and you know after uh, September 11th they have the Patriot mistake, Act. Right. Yeah, so pretty much two thousand two beyond is when we have security cameras everywhere. Um, so he knew he, he did it just in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Insider information. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> gun used to kill Bakley was uh, an unusual vintage revolver and oh. apparently did not belong to Blake. Authorities could not link the gun to Blake or anyone else. I love that word, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that was uh, my choice of words on that one because they, you know, they write like they were unable to. And I'm like, apparently they were unable to. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, there's vintage. I think you could have linked that to somebody, detectives. Right? This is like an antique pistol. Right? Link it to somebody already. Right? (laughs) The fuck you not doing linking things? Yeah. And they didn't. I'm, I'm not hearing anything about fingerprints. They didn't even say, yeah. like, oh, we found them. We it must have been wiped them. down or something. Yeah. That's like, or they used a glove, you know, classic. 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 So Blake was arrested and tried for the murder of Bonnie Lee Bakley. The trial began on December 20th, 2004, making this essentially my Christmas episode. Oh, thank you. Uh, 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 Watch him slip it in there. Okay. Along with... (laughs) It works. (laughs) Along with Blake, uh, also arrested was Blake's longtime bodyguard, Earl Caldwell. Okay. Was he like... Was uh, he there? Was duty? Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I got to assume he was around. 
Uh, <laughs> or maybe just didn't have an alibi. Yeah, or whatever would, the case. Would know about their whereabouts, potentially, kind of thing. Well, he was charged with conspiracy <gasps> in connection with the murder. <gasps> I don't know what that means. I'm not that smart. Maybe, like, they're just like, you like, you were supposed to be there and protecting her, so clearly you presented the opportunity for it to be done. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, basically, in some way, they yeah. didn't tell us. He, he had to take a very convenient piss. Yeah. Or he just worked with him in one way or another, whether it's, like, they thought he might have helped supply the gun. They sure. thought he might have arranged the dinner that, like, got them out. Sure. You know, whatever. Sure. It could be a lot of things, I feel like. Um, retired stuntman Ronald Duffy Hamilton agreed to testify against Blake. There were airports really? in there. People yeah, that's, that's the, uh, the, the nickname. Yeah. Duffy. He, he prefers Duffy. <laughs> uh, Duffy alleged... Blake tried to hire him to kill Bakley. Another stuntman and associate of Duffy, Gary McLarty, also came forward with a similar story, and both men testified that Blake asked them to murder Bakley. I mean, that guy does look like a straight shooter. Mm. He's, got a, he's got a mustache and a half. <laughs> I trust that mustache. <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big one. So, Blake's defense team brought up McLarty's mental health problems and Hamilton's criminal history, and while there was gunshot residue on Blake's hand, there wasn't enough to peg him as the shooter. Well, of course he's got, you know... Gunpowder. He's playing with his gun. <laughs> you know, he shot. He shot it a couple of times before dinner. Shot a couple of times after. I mean, had he been to the range that day? Uh, no, I doubt it. I mean, but uh, I mean, and who knows how much gun powder is still in the air right after you know you fire a gun, where it might have landed in the car. Yeah, I'd love to know like percentages, like. Normally when you fire a bullet, like let's say 80, 80 milligrams of powder in something, sure. I'd love to know if he had like 10 yeah. as opposed to the normal 80, whatever. I'm whatever literally throwing garbage out into the air. Yeah, they just, numbers, they, they concluded that, and eh, it's not quite enough. I mean, Clearly. there were no fingerprints on the weapon, so he wiped it down. Like, sure. Don't you just, you're wiping your hands then too? Like you're using a cloth that's dusting some of that stuff off. Like, that, I had the same thought. Like, surely if you can wipe your gun, you can wipe your hand. Or, like, it would be really good for him if there was no residue on his hand. Right. Like, that, like, would, that would be helpful. They're like, there's some. It's not enough, though. And I'm like, yeah, but there's some. Right. <laughs> like, test my hand right now. There's no gun right. I know. I know that that's, like, a thing now because when you go yeah. to the airport, they do the swabs on your hands. And that's what it, they are testing for, is, like, bomb-making chemicals, I think. Sure. And oh, I got a little C4 left on my palm. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I should have washed my hands after I went to the bathroom. Well, like, funnily enough, my dad will... He literally makes his own ammunition. So, oh, so he, he like, packs his own bullets and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
So he's like, I got to make sure I don't do that before I go to the airport ever, of which he never would. Anyway. <laughs> he's just, yeah, do some last minute ammo uh, reloads. Yeah. Sometimes you got to. <laughs> you don't know what the situation you're going to come home with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. My father. <laughs> so, yeah. And they, like I said, the lawyers were like, Oh, those stuntmen, you see, that one's uh, got mental health problems. You know, he's depressed, so you shouldn't listen to his uh, he's testimony. He's been concussed so many times. <laughs> and then the other one's like, oh, he's got, like, you know, uh, criminal history. He stole a couple of things from a supermarket once. You don't listen to a word he has to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Only they were much more lawyery about it. Yeah, yeah. Is it not true that you were arrested... <laughs> for robbing an old woman and they look at the jury all yeah, yeah. a defenseless old <laughs> woman <laughs> what kind of person does this to an old woman <laughs> would you take the word of someone who could do this to a defenseless old woman if you would like to hire us as your defense or prosecution team please contact high mystery <laughs> we're just simple country law <laughs> don't actually uh, buy a certified ladies and gentlemen I am but a caveman fire still scares me <laughs> and me I'm a very southern <laughs> We, we make a pretty fun team. I'd watch that sitcom. <laughs> Raj is referencing an SNL bit yeah. and carrying it for oh, a full run. Yeah, but I would, I would love to, you know, continue that torch of Phil Hartman. <laughs> so Blake chose not to testify. And on March 16th, 2005, he was found not guilty of murder and not guilty of one of the two counts of solicitation of murder. Oh, but he was found guilty on one or thrown out? The other count for solicitation was dropped after the jury was deadlocked 11 to 1 in favor of acquittal. Wow. So, man, they're they're like, nah, he didn't murder. Nah, he didn't do that other count. But, ooh, there's just one I cannot... This is sticking right. in my craw. Yeah, there's one guy going, yeah. now hold on here. We got to really think about this. <laughs> this is somebody's life here. <laughs> so the DA commented on the ruling calling Blake a miserable human being oh. and the jurors incredibly stupid oh. to fall for the defense claims. Much like in the O.J. Simpson case, Blake was found guilty in the civil case and was ordered to pay Bakley's children $30 million, though that figure was later reduced to $15 million after an appeal. Each child or like in total? In total. Just the lump sum of. I mean, I guess like the kids got something out of it. Yeah. Like silver lining. (laughs) Like they had, you know... A mom that probably was not necessarily there a whole lot for them. Like, yeah. not a great relationship. The unfortunate thing happens that she passes. Mm-hmm. So, like, you'll never have a relationship with her. But, like, at least there's a couple million coming your way. <laughs> I hope. Uh, divided between the four children or whatever. Yeah, at least that you're taken care of a little bit. Sure. Uh, Blake has since filed for bankruptcy having debts of $3 million in unpaid taxes and legal fees. Oh, my. The last 
10 years, the state of California has had a tax lien against Blake for over a million dollars in unpaid back taxes. And what does that mean? Just that they keep harassing you, like sending you letters and calling you and stuff, but they don't actually do anything? I mean, if he, like, I got to assume that he's got money coming in from whatever acting things, and they just, the government takes a hefty chunk out of all that royalty. Immediately, yeah. Yeah, before you see it. So. And garnishes so like normal wages. Life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's really all the information. Uh, there's no other real suspects other than maybe any one of the 10 people she, she married and yeah, left. Yeah, married and left. Or any of the people she scammed. Any I mean, of the people she scammed from her lonely hearts. She never stopped, seemingly. Yeah. So that I feel always... like that's more probable, although the gun residue on the hand, and yeah, it's hard to get past that. Doesn't look real good for Robert Blake, except, you know, dude's acquitted. But, yeah, I mean, everything of his legacy now is tied up in this. Sure. It's more or less like the O.J. Simpson case in that, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think even people... Even he was acquitted, most people assume he was guilty. Yeah, I think most people will forget about it in time. And, like, you know, people 30 years from now might revisit Beretta or something <laughs> like that. Not really care about looking up the information on, like, anything. It's always going to be on the Wikipedia. I was going to say it's the second thing when you Google him. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> he still made his money, you know, and he still yeah. had a fucking hell of a life. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as we know, he's totally innocent. Sure. As far as everybody attested to on the jury. Yeah. It's really hard to convince people that a celebrity... I mean, that's basically... It. America's royalty right there. Yeah. We don't have a king and queen. We got celebrities. We got Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> He's no longer a prince. He's a kingly boy. <laughs> Jaden is now the fresh prince. Oh, shit. I'd watch that. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't already done a fresh prince reboot with Jaden. I mean, they, they did a reboot. They did a reunion a episode. Reunion. Oh, yeah. did they do a reunion? Yeah, just a couple months ago, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's all the information I have on. I'm uh, going Lonely Hearts, just yeah. because you don't know who you're talking to. There's got to be some pissed off motherfuckers who, you know, oh, I sent this person however much money, thinking they were going to come and make my life beautiful, and they just stomped on my heart. Mm -hmm. Stomped it good. I was thinking maybe a, you know, it is L.A., so I was thinking maybe like a gang initiation. Like somebody's like she just, just so literally random, yeah. she's just literally an unfortunate person. Like it has nothing to do with Robert Blake, has nothing to do with any of the lonely hearts. It's just in the wrong place, the wrong time. Somebody had to do their initiation to get in. Seems so like uh, what gang is in Sherman Oaks. Well or, it is or Studio City. City. Had sure, an antique yeah. pistol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so I was thinking what gang <laughs> Is worth an antique pistol. Like you, just, you do this thing, you're in the gang, but you gotta ditch the weapon. <laughs> I mean, that's maybe it was some random passerby, or he just bought himself a sick antique pistol. He's like, oh, <laughs> touching it, caressing it, it just goes off two <laughs> times, uh, two times, and then he's like, oh. right as he was walking by Blake's car. Yep. <laughs> 
He like waved to Blake. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> Loved you and the uh, little rascals. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a weird one. Doesn't look good for. No, yeah. I mean, any. any I <laughs> were they rude to their waiter? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it is kind of funny how similar this one mirrors the OJ case in that. It was because somebody left something at the restaurant that this all happened. Yeah. On both times. And fancy restaurants. Fancy restaurants, celebrities. Um, I think, I, I, I could be wrong. Maybe the judge in both cases was Lancito. I could be wrong on that. <laughs> that would but, just be too coincidental. Too coincidental. We couldn't have any part of it. Yeah, that, we couldn't be able to ignore that. That would definitely be signs of Illuminati tampering. For oh. sure. Um, Look there. It's Illuminati. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, maybe it was like... A interdimensional rift in the alleyway behind Vitello's and some like cowboy with a vintage revolver uh, comes walking out and is scared because he's seeing a car and a person in it. And so he shoots <laughs> and then he's like, oh, the rift opened back up, bounce and <laughs> jumps right back in. Tell him to get rid of this thing. Yeah, like he was trying to shoot at some wrestlers or something and then all of a sudden he popped through and then shot her even though it was like, you know, a shot at the wrestlers. Maybe the opened up. Maybe Blake actually caught the guy and like tackled him and his gun flew into the dumpster and then <laughs> the guy jumped up and go went back into the portal and Blake was like, nobody's ever gonna believe this. Uh, they're gonna think I'm crazy. <laughs> this, I did this. <laughs> this can't uh, be our defense. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I, I bring in a lot of mysteries that uh, are not mysteries. <laughs> but yeah, nobody knows who uh, killed uh, Bonnie Lee Bakley or for what reason. Uh, mm -hmm. Nothing was stolen. I don't know. <laughs> what if she hated him so much that she framed him and killed herself? Whoa. In order to give money to her kids? That was like her last act? Yeah. Whoa. Wow. That's kind of like, that changes the whole narrative altogether. I mean, it's it sucks that you had to like, well, you know, you had to do it to a man. Yeah. It's, yeah, I would hate to like think that. Like, she finally found the one with enough money to make this plan happen. She was always trying to find <laughs> someone rich enough to where she could do this plan, and now she finally found them. <laughs> she finally found them. <laughs> well... The moral of the story really is yeah. if you're traveling with your gun, don't leave it places. You have the gun for a reason. Put it in a holster like it's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, you were Beretta. Did Beretta ever leave his gun places? Yeah, it I doesn't would, happen. I would kind of like to know like exactly how he left his gun. Well, you know, he did that thing in movies where they just tuck it into their pants, which like you never do. And then he just sat down for dinner and it just like it slowly out. slid out. Oh. <laughs> I was wondering if they had a gun check 
<laughs> your coat, your hat, your gun. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure at one point in time that was a thing. Or did it? Did he just like have to have a pistol everywhere he went after he played Beretta? Right. My fans expect me to take pictures and pull this gun out. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to assume after John Lennon, you just you just run around with a gun all the time if you're a celebrity. Well, yeah, I guess maybe for like personal protection. Yeah. Or you like keep your bodyguard with you. Yeah, you definitely nowadays people have bodyguards, but he had a bodyguard. Maybe the but that's what the thing. The bodyguard was off that night. He's like, well, better take my better gun. Better take my gun. Uh, yeah. So you know, if you got a bodyguard, use him. Utilize this man you pay. Yeah, and why would these stunt guys want to testify and put their stuff out in the open? Unless they really felt pretty strongly about it. I mean, uh, yeah, just because you did like some shit uh, a couple years back doesn't make your shit, yeah, uncredible. Yeah. Uh, like, it's like all of a sudden now that's the person you go to. It's like, oh yeah, he robbed a supermarket one time. They'll never believe him if he ever testifies against me. Yeah. I should sure. ask that guy to murder somebody. Right? Uh, they got blackmail on him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. For High Mystery, I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. And those are the buns. New episodes every Monday. Want more High Mystery? Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash high mystery for exclusive episodes every Friday. Merchandise can be found at our website at highmystery.com. Stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at High Mystery for fan art, news, and upcoming events. Thanks for listening.